Okay, welcome to the 27th episode of Simulate, where we are following on from our success of our podcast on the legacy of King Kong by taking a look at the other side of the tail of the tape for his forthcoming opponent. Yes, we are looking at the form of that perennial terror of Tokyo, Gojira, or Godzilla as he is more commonly known. I am your host, Adam Marsh, and joining me on this journey through the decades of wanton destruction and blatant disregard for public safety is Cinelix resident expert, Daryl Buxton. How are you, Daryl? I'm good, thanks, Adam. Looking forward to uh, talking about the big G. <laughs> and also making his return to Cinelix is Peter Mumford. Peter has been programming East Asian cinema at Quad, our host cinema, for the best part of a decade now in the form of Satori Screen and has programmed the big guy on the big screen many times now. Hello, Peter. Hello, Adam. Hello, Daryl. Yeah, I think it's three. Is it three times now? Yeah, yeah, I think three. <laughs> I think so, I yeah. Thinking, I yeah thinking, I think, you're, think you're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then uh, Mothra once, but Godzilla's not in the first Mothra film. Yeah, that's what confused me. So we're familiar with giant monsters is what we're basically yeah. what I'm saying. Um, now, before we start, let's just explain um, to, to the, uh, I guess, the, the, the uninitiated. Um, Godzilla is a kaiju film. So that term is much more familiar to Western audiences now than it was, say, 20 years ago. Uh, Kaiju being a Japanese genre of film featuring giant monsters, fairly basic description, of which Godzilla, Gojira, is considered the first of the genre, particularly in Japan. Um, Some people tend to dial it back and include King Kong and Lost World in those Kaiju movies. But uh, uh, I'm I'm saying it it starts with Godzilla. It starts with a big G. Okay, so rather than go through each individual 36 Godzilla movies in detail uh, at great length over this podcast, which would be insanity, um, we're going to broadly structure our talk in the looking at the various eras of uh, Godzilla's that they tend to be divided up into. Um, so we're going to start with the Showa era which covers 15 films made between 1954 and 1975 and let's begin with the original, the original and best, I guess, in many people's eyes, Godzilla, 1954. Who wants to start? Yeah. <laughs> I'll start, actually. I've got, I've got in my collection an original UK cinema quad for the film. An original. Sounds way more impressive than it actually is because the film wasn't released in UK cinemas until 2005. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm cheating there, but that was the first, orig- uh, first official cinema release in the UK came in 2005. Prior to that, we had um, the uh, original version that was played around from 1956 was the Americanized version, which was uh, edited down to 80 minutes and had at least 30% more Raymond Burr than most films have. Um, so Ray, I guess that, Raymond uh, Raymond Burr as Steve Martin, as Steve oh, Martin, yeah. as, as as opposed to Steve Martin as Raymond Burr. I I pay to see either. I really would. Um, so I'm assuming that everyone's first experience of Godzilla, the, the 1954 version, was this 1956 um, Americanized version. Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure it was for me. No. I think I'm, I don't know. May. It wasn't the first. I definitely saw other Godzilla films before. I saw the first Godzilla film just kind of on a BBC Two bank holiday afternoon type thing when they would show, I guess, some of the goofier later entries. So I, I'm not sure I saw the original until it, maybe it was the DVD that followed that release in the mid 2000s. Yeah. So 
I have I think I have seen the Raymond Burr versions since, but it wasn't my introduction. I I went in for the full um, Japanese cut with uh, with the uh, actual the actual serious film that is people f- sometimes forget is the original Godzilla, the yeah. proper one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think that's. that's... I mean, I, 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 my, my first version was seeing the video releases that were released uh, to coincide with the nineteen ninety eight American remake, a reboot, reversion, <laughs> um, in the late late nineties, and they released loads of the Godzilla movies on VHS around that period. And I think that's where I first saw it, and it was the American version then. Um, but yeah, it's a, but but like you said, it's 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 a serious film in many ways. Um, it follows that pattern of having a great first movie that starts the franchise off, and then none of them ever really reach that peak. Maybe. Well, it depends what you want from a Godzilla film, I guess. Yeah. They're when they're, you could go to a library and find a number of academic articles all about the first Godzilla film and how it reflects kind of Japan at post World War Two and after the atomic bomb and all that, and it's all definitely there in that first film. It is kind of. You could definitely see Godzilla as a metaphor for this for this massive destructive thing that you have. There's no defense for and things like that. And it's quite a seriously intended film. There's um, Godzilla's the only monster in it. It's um, got some the tone maintains its seriousness without. It's not like some of the later Godzilla films where they're kind of like, well, now we need to. It's been ten minutes. We need better have a some slapstick for the kids. But it is it is an excellent film, definitely. But you say to someone, do you want to watch a great Godzilla film now? If you show them the first Godzilla film, they won't necessarily see that as a great Godzilla film because that's not what they associate with Godzilla anymore. Yeah, it has definitely morphed over its decades and decades, hasn't it? It's not it's not the same beast as it was in 1954. Yeah. So, so the director came to the UK and saw The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms in 1953 and was inspired to make his own version own mon- giant monster movie when he went back to um japan and this coincided with a new story about the i'm gonna mispronounce the uh, of this now but um Dai- daigo fukuri maru incident yeah. just where... just call it just call it lucky dragon five Adam. lucky dragon is, five there you English go name, yeah i know but i was trying to be authentic daryl come on <laughs> um uh which happened i that was a fallout of the bikini atoll weapons tests by the usa yeah, this was a uh, it was a, a tuna boat, wasn't it? A fishing that's fishing right, boat. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, mutated fishing, uh, irradiated tuna, um, which he obviously thought, well, I can do something with that, um, and turned it into a gigantic uh, Godzilla movie. So it's, it's obviously ripped from the headlines in some ways, um, and inspired by obviously things like King Kong and this Beast of the Twenty Thousand Fathoms, which had special effects by Ray Harryhausen. So. He gets his uh, he gets his uh, fingers in everything, doesn't he, Ray Ray Harryhausen? In the history yeah. of monster cinema, yeah. um, one one other thing about the um, that sort of early history of Godzilla is it, it should never have happened. It should never have been made at all because um, uh, uh, Toho were planning to um, make. I think it was a film about a, a war in Indonesia or something, and they were they were sort of trying to organise it with. Uh, an an Indonesian company as a co-production and the Indonesian government stepped in and said um, we're we're not happy about some of the content and some of the things that you're going to say about our country and the whole thing fell through and um, uh, Tomoyuki Tanaka uh, who who was going to produce the movie had suddenly got this hole in his production slate 
And it's like, right, we can't make this war movie. What are we going to do? And as you say, Adam, he then saw a beast from 20,000 Fathoms and just thought, there you go. You will, we'll, we'll do a big monster movie. And, and they did. <laughs> uh, a monster movie that inspired, um, you know, decades and decades of, of more and more. Uh, but it is, I mean, this and I guess the sequel, uh, Godzilla Raids Again, are the first, uh, are fairly serious in, in their tone. And that all changes uh, as we go along. Yeah. Well, um, even, even Godzilla Raids Again got, got released to the West as uh, Gigantis the Fire Monster. <laughs> um, so they in in around the world they weren't even acknowledging that Godzilla was a thing. We, you've had the first Godzilla in your Raymond Burr version, and then the sequel comes out fairly quickly and gets sold as Gigantis all over the place. So uh, it, so it took really until the sixties and and the the matchup with the King Kong that we discussed on the Kong podcast before the West really started to find out who and what Godzilla was all about. Yeah, because if, if you look at the sort of like, the, the, the sort of like rundown of the movies like, that, that as they were released, there's like a big four or five year gap between Godzilla Raids Again and the third movie, King Kong versus Godzilla. However, however, they weren't just sitting around going, what should we do? I don't know, let's have a fag. You know, they, they, were, they were creating other, other kaiju films around that period. Um, including like Mothra and Rodan were both introduced in that in that period in between the two. Yeah, I guess they hadn't the franchise aspect hadn't really the light bulb hadn't gone off above the heads. Was it? And then I guess it was nine. Am I remembering right? Nine sixty two, King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. And somehow through some weird quirk, they had ended up with the rights to character of King Kong, <laughs> and they needed to do something with it. And then someone thought, well we could bring Godzilla back. And then I guess that's when the franchise was born at that point, because then they were banging out a film a year for the next decade or more. Yeah, and what, yeah. what happened after that was they, they because they'd done all of these other monster movies um, that were just sort of floating around on their own, so, suddenly you're in a Marvel Cinematic Universe situation. <laughs> yeah. it's like, right, we can team everyone up now, you know. So, so you get Godzilla versus The Thing or Mothra versus Godzilla, as it's better known now. Um, possibly, other, other than the very first movie, I think possibly my favourite, uh, just because I love Mothra so much as a character and I love the whole sort of world around Mothra. Infant Island and the Peanuts, the the two uh, the two tiny um, twin singers who who sort of command Mothra through through the power of song, you know. And uh, I I, do, I just love all of the magic of that world and and having that clash with with Godzilla sort of coming in and treading on buildings is uh, is fantastic. And um, uh, so yeah, straight away there. We've developed this universe almost by accident, but let's now let's now use it and develop it. If you look at the history over over the whole run, there's some amazingly diverse ideas that go into making up of Godzilla. You know, obviously you've got the nuclear fallout, blah, 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 and then you suddenly get all the fantasy elements of Mothra. Then you have time travel in one of them. You've got alien invaders that come on later yeah, on. Yeah. You literally hit all kinds. By of- by the by the early seventies, you've got Godzilla versus Hedera, which which, which many people know under the the the, the more familiar title, uh, Godzilla versus the the Smog Monster, which says it all. So you've got you've got a Godzilla movie 
A, about pollution, and B, although it's made in 1971, it's psychedelia and obviously come a little bit late to Japan because it's a really freaky psychedelic movie as well. So, uh, um, so yeah, it's sort of, the series sort of keeps with the times and I think that's happening right up to today. You know, it's, it sort of reflects the times that the films are made in. Yeah, definitely. They obviously made some kind of editorial decision in the early 60s to make it more family friendly because uh, the first one is not it's not family unfriendly but it's not it's not aimed as an audience for families and kids i think that is even more so by the end of the 60s though because you know oh, yeah when they start having child protagonists and things towards the end of the 60s into the 70s which kind of is always a clue that they think oh actually most of our audience are under 12 or, or most of, or and their parents i guess but yeah and the, the, certainly, certainly in Britain, the films were marketed at kids. They were getting U certificates, you know. Sometimes they, they were being caught to get a U certificate. And and, um, and they, they play on Saturday morning TV as well. Um, you know, Peter was talking about this earlier. And I, I, can, I was watching these in the 70s as a kid, you know, um, on either Saturday mornings or Thursday afternoons they'd be on. And um, I remember distinctly seeing uh, Ibera, Horror of the Deep, in which Godzilla fights a giant lobster, of course. Yeah, naturally. Um, I I watched that after getting home from school one one Thursday afternoon. So uh, you know that's that's the the sort of audience that uh, that the films were being aimed at, sort of from from the mid sixties um, right right through until the end of the the Showa period, really up to uh, seventy five. So some of the things that make that original so good have have continued on and one of them is the score and the sound design because the sound of godzilla just is is, is instant instantly recognizable um whether it's now or whether it was back in 1954 that kind of screeching sound that godzilla makes has been continued on throughout the history and um the original score by akira ifukube um yeah. Is uh, it's an astonishing score, really, because it holds up so well, and the refrains are still being used in Godzilla movies to this day. I mean, I think Godzilla versus Godzilla King of Monsters, the American remake, has some of the riffs from the original oh, really? in that in that score as well. And I, I think I think to a fairly wide audience, it's it's the it's recognisable. Maybe maybe not quite as as much as something like. Um, uh, the the jaws motif, but it's getting there. I think I think you know there's there's a sizable percentage of the audience that sort of recognise the, um, the 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 Godzilla soundtrack when they hear it. Yes, definitely. As well, I should have looked this up in advance. There was a rap song about it must be 15 years ago or more that was a hit that had the uh, Godzilla fanfare sampled in it. <laughs> I think. Illegally initially until uh, lawyers were letters were exchanged. And I'll, I'll have to look that up and send you the YouTube link, Adam, to put on the Cinelic page or something because I can hear the song without remembering if it's fine. <laughs> I was expecting you to go into the full rap. Then. <laughs> um, I, just, I, was, I, was, I was meaning silence just to bait you into it. <laughs> as, as we know, Adam, I'm not a natural rapper. No, you, you're not. You, you're not. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so it's quite an interesting. It's quite an interesting period. This whole then boom, 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 and then they were looking to wind it down. I think at the late towards the end of the sixties because the receipts weren't coming in as much. The, the money wasn't coming in as much, and then they did um, <laughs> destroy all monsters, um, which was a big hit and kick-started it again uh, in, into the mid-70s. Um, Which, uh, Peter, that's one of the three films yeah, you've shown, yeah. Pete, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's quite an unusual one as well, because it is, for a film called Destroy All Monsters, it is quite monster-like for about two-thirds of the running time. It's all this um, <laughs> sci-fi plot, and then at the end, Godzilla comes in and gets in a battle royale with all these other monsters, but you, it, it doesn't give you it on a plate. You have to sit through a good chunk of the film before the actual, what you've paid your ticket for. Yeah. You? Now, to, to be to be fair, that's that's been the case in several of the films prior to that, from the sort of mid sixties onwards, um, like Invasion of Astro Monster and films like that, where um, you you get these films where a- aliens come to Earth and control monsters on Earth, or they, uh, they 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 whisk the monsters back to their own planet, and it turns out they're controlling them there to sort of train them to come back to Earth so that they can they can take over our planet. And then the monsters are almost in there as an afterthought or as as a sort of plot point rather than the focus. Now, the difference, as you say, with Destroy All Monsters is in the title. You know, you think, oh, yeah, this this is going to be after years and years of getting these films that have got Godzilla and Rodan and King Ghidorah in as as an afterthought. You know, we're finally going to get to see the big, big rumble, you know, and it turns out, oh, it's just like all the others, you know, <laughs> they're in it for a few minutes here and there. Is it Destroy Monsters as well that introduces the concept of Monster Island, this kind of little uh, island off off Japan somewhere? Where I all think that's right, yeah. I, I think, think that's the first time you see it, yeah, yeah. 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 One, one thing I will mention is watching it at the quad when you programmed it was particularly great for Derby audiences because there's there's one scene where one of the monsters, I can't remember if it's Godzilla or one of the others, but one monster actually crashes into a building and destroys it and it looks identical to Derby assembly rooms. <laughs> yeah, it's quite interesting. I'm just, I'm just reminded of Invasion of the Astro Monster, Daryl. You mentioned it, Daryl. I was watching that one. I was, I'm in my re- try attempt to watch as many of these films before recording today. And I'm about 40 minutes in, and I'm thinking, it's not going well. It's not going well. It's not going much. This is come on, come on. I'm gonna I'm gonna knock this off and whack on Ibraya Horror of the Deep in a minute or something like that. And then literally, as soon as I was thinking that, I go out of the room, make a cup of tea, come back in, and there's Godzilla and Rodan encircled in two giant orbs being lifted up into a spaceship. I'm like, I've I've gone out and come back into a different movie here. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, um, yeah. It really kicks yeah. on from there. But that's one of the great one of the great things about these movies. I, I think you're right, Pete, on the, on the whole franchise thing we were talking about. Did they know what they had with the with the Godzilla character and the franchise elements of it? Because from 1971 onwards, every film has the name Godzilla in the title. Yeah. Whereas a lot of these sixties ones, sometimes they just forget to include Godzilla in the title. You know, invasion of the Astro Monster. It's like it should have been Godzilla and the Invasion of the Astro Monster. Well, I think it. It's Godzilla was the star by that point. He had kind of all of these monsters were popular, but Godzilla was always that notch above. He was the one that was getting. You didn't need him in the title. You just needed him above the title. Yeah, yeah. he he'd not he'd not got a good enough agent in 1965. Obviously, I think it's, it's, it's to do with kind of 
the Japanese film industry was kind of having a really tough time the late 60s and early 70s and it kind of led TV was doing it a lot of damage which led to it kind of a lot of Japanese films at that point they either went really extreme in terms of content so they were showing things that couldn't be on television in terms of sex and violence and things or they went firmly the other end and went fairly as family friendly as you could want and I think among kids Godzilla was the star and so so they were going for the pester power I guess so if a kid can read Godzilla on a poster and say to mum mum I want to go and see that then that's two bums on seats Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just surprised. They didn't, I, I'm just surprised all of those sixties ones weren't called Godzilla and or Godzilla versus. Yeah, that 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 became a trend sort of from from the seventies. You know, uh, yeah. yeah when six sixties was very very different. One one point we've not mentioned so far is uh, the vast majority of the, um, the 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 first run of Godzilla films were all directed by the same guy. There's a, there's a couple of instances where new directors come on, but they're mainly directed by uh, Ishiro Honda. And he was also directing a lot of the other monster movies as well, and a lot of other science fiction movies. And um, uh, the, the, best, the best friend, or one of the best friends, of Akira Kurosawa, and I, I, I think he, I think he'd worked um, as an assistant on some of the Kurosawa films yeah. too. So... Honda ended his career doing second unit for Kurosawa on Ran and Kagamusha. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I think I think they'd known each other way before yeah, that yeah. as well, Peter. So it was almost like him coming back to sort of uh, help help his old mate out. But I do believe that um, you know they stayed mates for their whole lives. I I believe that Honda has mentioned here and there that um, Kurosawa would sort of occasionally go and see the Godzilla films with him. You know and. Uh, They'd use the same cast as well a lot of the times. It's yeah. kind of I've seen it written, can't remember where, before people saw that, like in the 60s when all these uh, Western critics were fawning over Akira Kurosawa films and praising the cast in them, then the same actor would turn up in a Godzilla film and they'd be called ridiculous Japanese actors over the top performances and all this. And it was always the same actors. Like the very first Godzilla film stars Takeshi Shimura, who was in many Kurosawa films. He's probably. Ikiru is probably his biggest role for Kurosawa, but probably his most famous ones. He's the leader of the samurai in Seven Samurai who cuts his top knot off um, and things like that. And it, it, all the Godzilla films have got great cast. They just they don't get credit for that. Well, I, I guess they don't really stand out. I think that's one of the big criticisms, yeah. full stop, of the franchise. They've never quite got the human element right in Godzilla, I don't think. Partic- particularly, like, in the more recent movies. They're just like... It just gets the fighting. I, I think that's fair to say. I, I, th- I think there are sort of three elements to the films, really. There's the, there's the sort of human characters. Um, there are the monsters. And then there's a, a thing that I've noticed that Honda really, really focuses on in, in his films. And it's quite interesting that you it, it almost parallels what's happening with the monsters. Um, he's He seems very, very interested in... Um, in things like weather and in things like natural disasters and that sort of thing. I mean, there's one 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 of the films that I rewatched this week. One of one of the sort of early '60s films or sort of mid '60s films starts with about uh, three or four minutes of just sort of swirling rain. Um, and and as I was watching this, I thought exactly what you've just said about actors there, Peter. I, I thought if this was the opening shot of a Kurosawa movie, the critics would be going berserk because it's the opening shot of 
like um, you know, Monsters Zero or something. They're, 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 it's going to be dismissed. It's going to be, or they're just going to say, "What's all this padding?" You know. But uh, yeah, Honda really, really seems interested in 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 showing the environment and the wild environment, and it's almost like it's sort of parallel to the activity of the monsters later in the film, almost as though he's saying that. Um, the, the the monsters yes yes those of you that think the monsters are a metaphor you you're right you know i'm actually going to depict that on screen so i think i think the weather is awesome and it seems to be this it seems to be a thing in the 60s like villains having weather control um satellites and that, that kind of seems to be a big major plot point in loads of movies in the yeah 60s. i mean it's, it's there in you know bond and, yeah. and all the, the sort of spy ripoffs yeah yeah something in the air Literally, the uh, yeah. failed Avengers movie all about Sean Connery wanting to control the weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 90s yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they come back to it four or five times in Godzilla movies. Um, the idea of controlling the weather. Um, I guess maybe it's maybe it's one of those mentalities like, well, what can we possibly throw at these monsters that could give the humans a chance? And weather <laughs> seems to be seems to be the one. So let's 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 round off. Let's just go back to this 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 Showa era. What? What comes out of this era that is a keeper, <laughs> I guess, because going forward, because you, I guess you got obviously Godzilla as the lead, as the star, I Mothra supporting characters, Rodan, King Ghidorah as the perennial friend slash a guy. They were the big four who were referenced um, in, uh, was it Kong, Kong Skull Island at the end, uh, yeah. in, in the post-credit sequence? So I, I think they're, they're the four characters that it's perceived that Western audiences know from, from the Showa era. Although I think I think if, if you were sat in the audience watching Skull Island, you, there were an awful lot of people sort of scratching their heads at that and saying, what's, what's this all about, you know? Well, they were all featured in King of Monsters, which came out 29... 20- 17 2018 whatever it was yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the second Godzilla movie they were all in, in that movie so but yeah definitely they they feel like uh, the ones that stuck the head above and became more well known throughout because they come back to those characters in yeah, the you're, you're not you're, you're not you're not seeing Ebira the giant lobster anytime soon. no i mean the 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 other one the other one was was released at the fag end of the uh, of the initial run of Godzilla movies and that was Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla and the idea yeah, of yeah. a mechanical Godzilla which remarkably came about four or five years after Mecha Kong was in King Kong Escapes yeah, that's that's such a weird thing that you'd think it'd be the other way around. But to, and no, you've Mecha- them so bloody long as well. It's like you go, you've already introduced a Mecha character, introduced Mecha Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, and Mecha Godzilla got not only into the last two films, but I think he's named in the title of the last two films as well. Is, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and then of course, um, even there, there are rumours sort of flying around that he he may appear in in the new film. Um, but even prior to that, he was featured quite heavily in um, uh, Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One. Oh, yeah. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you think he's a bit cheaper to get the rights for Mecha Godzilla <laughs> than the real Godzilla? I don't know. I mean, does, I don't does, does, does that matter to Steven Spielberg, whether, whether the well, rights are cheap? He's sitting there thinking, God, I've, I've, I've spent loads of money on getting Chucky. Um, can I afford Mecha Godzilla? <laughs> Well, the, I think another thing to note from the original kind of first run of Godzilla is um, 
the whole kind of genre was born for it, not only in film, but on TV, kind of what's called, referred to as the Tokakatsu shows, kind of things like what the most obvious West uh, example to British viewers, at least, is the things like Power Rangers and stuff. That all comes out of Godzilla because the guy who did most, the special effects of most of the original Godzilla, this guy called Aiji Tsuburaya, who we kind of is, deserves to be mentioned alongside a Definitely, definitely. Godzilla. And he was got so successful from doing Godzilla, he was able to go off to TV. And he first did a show called Ultra Q, which is a kind of a, a story, a different, it's not got a running story. It has returning characters, but each story, each episode is a different story where they would reuse costumes and things from the monster movies he'd been making. And then out of Ultra Q came Ultraman, which is a superhero show, which then Ultraman became this giant runaway success in Japan. And then for 40, 50 years since, you've had all these shows like Cayman Rider, Our Rangers, like I said, and stuff like that. And then, so yeah, Godzilla's responsible for a lot of kind of Japanese science fiction culture of the last 50 years, I guess, in, indirectly, you could say. Yeah, as you say, right, right, up to, right up to Power Rangers and so on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I recall being at a, a comic convention sometime in the late 80s, and they were showing episodes of, so it was something like Ultraman or Spectre Man or one of those shows, and it was either Godzilla or a very Godzilla-like monster, possibly with a different name because of rights issues and so on. Um, actually appeared in it so um... there was a show called zone fighter in the 1973 uh which godzilla appeared in uh five episodes of that must have seen so, one of those then yeah there you yeah. go so you're one of the few outside of japan <laughs> Daryl, who's seen that i think it's just a case of they have had the suit in the warehouse they needed something for that episode right yeah they, Toho needs that guy to do the special effects of the films. They're going to have a problem if they annoy him, so they let him use it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, def- definitely big, big shout out to uh, Suburaya, who I, I, I think identifies the look of these films even even more than Ishiro Honda does you know I think I think when people think about Godzilla and especially if you think about the show of films, um, you, the, the cliche is, and it's it's a cliche because it's true. They're all about Godzilla stamping on buildings, you know, and, and that's all down to Suburaya. And his, his, they're, they're easy to mock and they're easy to sort of parody and stuff. But when you actually watch the films, and, and if you give a little bit of leeway, um, I, his, his work is tremendous. The miniature works is amazing. Just things like, there's like the, the classic one is like all the little tanks rolling along to fire ineffectually. Brilliant. Brilliant. But the detail in, that goes into that, and then... I guess there's some kind of engineering work in Tazism to make these things move and it all works together. And there's something admirable about it compared to having a team of 50 people sit at MacBooks for a year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one of yeah. those things about like you know that that kind of miniature work. You obviously had you had Harry Housen doing his stop motion stuff, but you also had like uh, Jerry Anderson doing the Thunderbirds and uh, things like that throughout the 60s and into the 70s. And this feels very much in that same wave, a worldwide wave of utilising miniatures at the very tippy top of their quality level. Um, and obviously it doesn't, it, it lasted way beyond any other shows, any other films. We're still using those techniques. You don't yeah. get, you don't get those time of techniques used in movies anymore. Um, even, even in the most recent Godzilla, you, don't, you didn't get um, 
miniature stuff, did you? Yeah. Well, Peter, Peter's just reminded me, actually, there was uh, there was a documentary on t- an hour long documentary on TV around the time of the uh, Roland Emmerich film, which I think we're going to touch on a bit later um, in, in the late 90s. And um, uh, to coincide with that, uh, there was an hour long documentary on British TV about the history of special effects in Godzilla. And um, our, our pal John Smith, um, we'll give, give a shout out to John. I remember talking to John about this after it aired and he said, well, I, I really enjoyed the, the first 50 minutes of it because it was Alex Cox presenting and he was interviewing all kinds of interesting people, the guys that had been inside the Godzilla suits and people that had worked alongside Subaraya and all of this, you know, and the stories were amazing about blowing up these little toy buildings and toy tanks and the guys getting in the suit and being fitted for the suits and everything. 50 minutes of fantastic anecdotes. And then John said the last 10 minutes was just guys sitting about talking about sitting at their computers. Yeah. And it killed it. You know? Yeah. Designing yeah. a rubbish yeah. Godzilla, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll we'll come on to, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, so that's that's the, that's the first wave. Then we had a break of about nine years between that wave, and then we went into the Heisei era, uh, which is from nineteen eighty four. But prior to that, we had a few other sort of like uh, interactions with the Western world. Uh, Godzilla. We had the Godzilla TV cartoon, um, which was made by Hanna Barbera, which gave us gave the world. I think gave the world Godzuki. Is that right? Is that with the first introduction of Godzuki in the cartoon? I think so, yeah, yeah. Um, which obviously went on to have a massive impact. He's the scrappy do of Godzilla movies. Prior, prior to that, in the films, we'd had uh, um, Minya or Minilla, the son, son of Godzilla, who actually got, got his own title movie, Son of Godzilla, in 1967. So I suppose God, Godzuki, if, if, if Godzuki did have any sort of uh, precedent, it was in Son of Godzilla. But, his uh, rich her- heritage is what you mean, Daryl. The rich, <laughs> the rich lineage if that went into so, bringing yeah, yeah. Uh, Godzuki onto the uh, cartoon screens. So that ran on... Uh, ran, um, 79, 80 sort of period. But we also had a failed attempt at the first Western Godzilla movie around this period, which was um, Steve Miner attempted to make um, a 3D Godzilla movie in the States, but it never came to anything. Obviously, the success of Friday the 13th Part 3, 3D, inspired them to think they could do a Godzilla movie. <laughs> uh, sadly, or perhaps happily that that one didn't get made um my minor would have gone on to direct jason versus godzilla at some point there if that <laughs> there you happened. go so, shared yeah. universe all there's one that we missed yeah. exactly yeah well um but we but we did get another toho came back to the table um with the return of godzilla in 1984 at the time i mean this had been nine or ten years since the last movie and it didn't immediately lead to a, a, a revival of Godzilla. I mean, it sort of stands as a little bit of a one-off, a little bit of an odd anomaly in the series. That it gets lumped in as, as the start of the High Sai era, but um, I, I remember when it came out, and um, you know, I bought a copy on video, and uh, um, I've still got my VHS tape of it. And um, <laughs> yeah, it does sort of stand alone. It's like this little strange thing floating around between the Godzilla eras. Yeah, I mean, it kind, of, it kind of attempts to be um, like a kind of reboot, I guess, a, you know, getting rid of some of the more 
um, sillier elements. <laughs> Although it's it's all pretty silly, isn't it? Really, it is. It is. It, it does. It doesn't really work in 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 that sense, does it? Because yeah, it's, no. it's fairly. It, it is. It is just a daft monster movie itself. So, uh, and and as such, it didn't kickstart the franchise again. No, it didn't. It was released worldwide, Godzilla, in 1985, um, released in cinemas throughout the world. But we didn't get another one on after that until 1989, where we got Godzilla versus Biolante. And that kickstart, that did kickstart a little run of a movie practically every year um through the through the early to mid 90s yeah now immediately immediately with biolante you've got the whole sort of uh, ecological concern coming back in because godzilla is basically fighting pretty much a, a giant plant i think i think the creature is i mean we talked a little bit about creature design but not in, in great detail i mean a lot of them were fairly similar designs you know in the sense of apart from rodan which is a flying monster but a lot of them were a guy in a suit with various decorations yeah and uh Biolanti really stands out as something a little bit different from what had gone before yeah i think it surprised people you know i think people people when when a new godzilla film was announced i think everyone sort of had a, a picture of what it was going to be like based on what what they'd seen before and yeah Biolanti was genuinely sort of surprising and genuinely different. Mm. I find this I find this period fascinating. because uh, it's a, it's a period when I was growing up, so obviously, you know, I was watching none of these movies because they weren't getting released <laughs> in the UK around that yeah. period. But looking back on it, I can see I can see how the development of the franchise goes. It starts off fairly serious again and you, and then gets more and more family friendly as it, as it goes on. Yeah. Mm. So I was watching. I watched Godzilla vs. Mothra from 1992 last night because uh, you know you got to see Mothra again, aren't you? It's the return of Mothra, um, and it was again. It was very. Uh, it was kind of like Godzilla versus Mothra versus Indiana Jones, and you had this sort of like crazy archaeologist who gets hired to find Mothra's egg, and it's it, first 30, 40 minutes of the movie is is like an Indiana Jones movie. They got like rope bridges and all kinds of stuff. You do wonder if some of these where there's a script that someone's written and the studio says, we like this. It'd be better if it had Godzilla in it, though. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I had 30% more Godzilla. Yeah. So the kind of things end up getting um, retrofitted somehow to become Godzilla films, yeah. Yeah, possibly. I mean, but I mean, they they tend to hold together. I mean, they're good family fun capers and the model work is fairly strong, I think, during this period. I don't think it's um, um, it's got anything to be ashamed of. I think it definitely feels, again, of its time, but it, compared to the '60s ones, the, you know the the effects are comparable. Definitely, the way that the shots is comparable. Um, there's a lot, a lot, of good, a lot of good in this period, and obviously you get um, all the big guys come back. You know, you get King Ghidorah come yeah. back. Well, I, I think I think the, the 1991 uh, film uh, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah is is um, up there in my in my top three Godzilla films. I think I I, I, I love that. And you're um, also um, getting that movie, Mecha King, King Ghidorah as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. What's not to like, you know? But uh, but yeah, I, I think I think the um, uh, um, we we as we've said, we love the Subaraya special effects. But I think the effects in in these sort of late '80s, early '90s films 
are are um, sort of notable as well. You know, they they they're reverent to to the originals, but um, they're using modern techniques and they're using them in a way that when you watch those films now, has got a got a charm of its own. Well, I think they hold up quite well because they're not. I mean, a lot of you think back to like say ninety two, ninety three. You're talking, you know, Jurassic Park being released as a big movie, yeah, things like yeah. that, and everyone's doing everyone's doing computer generated effects around that period. You know, um, and none of these have that kind of element. I mean, they might have some, but a lot of it's still model work. It's still man in suit. So you st- it holds up really well. It, you don't you don't watch it back and think, God, that looks like lawnmower man. Awful. You know, that kind of special effects where it's just like, ooh. Okay, so they are sticking with the physical effects for the most part, but they're using the more modern techniques to kind of tidy up around the edges a yeah, little bit, yeah. you know, which I think always is work. Is going and to date in the same way that CGI from that era does. But that's 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 sort of ahead of its time because it's what a lot of filmmakers do now. They sort of use CGI not so much to create creatures and create sort of unreal worlds, but to enhance um, buildings and, and the natural environment and so on. And it's it's almost um, sort of touching on that sort of territory at times. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really good, and uh, they don't mess around. They 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 bring back the big guys. They bring back King Ghidorah. They bring back Mothra. They bring back Mechagodzilla. You know, and um, they don't mess around. They bring back Rodan. You know, so they 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 hit the biggies. It's it's a pretty much a re- a reboot franchise um, in the, in the nineties. They're not continuing on from the seventies. They they they're forging new territory and reintroducing those characters. Um, so that ran on to nineteen ninety five relatively successfully i'm not quite sure why they they stopped making them i'm assuming it was because the rights were purchased by um the american studio to make it probably wasn't like that but i don't think they ever publicly admit that that they were no. taking a little payment to not touch godzilla for a few years yeah, yeah. there was obviously a hiatus um clause in the contract wasn't there um but they came back in 1999 with the uh, Godzilla 2000, and that sparked the Millennium area. But let's just have a kickstart on the. Let's have a, a quick talk on the Roland Emmerich, um, the giant, the giant elephant in the room. Yeah, the Godzilla 1998 movie. Um, uh, Roland Emmerich, Dean Devlin, hot off the success of Independence Day. What could, what could go wrong? Before we get into slagging this off, which I'm sure we're all going to, <laughs> think back to think back to 1998, and think when the the film had been announced, we knew it was coming, and remember when that first trailer hit, and everybody went, "Wow, this looks fantastic." Uh, I seem to remember it was a specially shot trailer. It's not stuff that's in the final film. Yes, it was. It was the museum where they're looking at a T Rex skeleton or something, and then. Godzilla's foot descends. Yeah, 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 that was. It's a good trailer. I'll give them that. Yeah, everybody went crazy for it. Yeah, which which made what was delivered all the more disappointing. I think. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's not great, is it? Let's 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 get into it. Got, have we got any defence of it first? Have we got any defence? I uh, not not really. No, See, I'm worried now because Daryl, you're usually the guy who will find something. <laughs> yeah. I know. All I can say is it's got Matthew Broderick in it. Yeah, I was going to say Matthew Broderick is a fine actor, but he's not. <laughs> and even even he 
Not what you can't cut it here. So. Yeah, you don't really think of him for a le- as kind of as a leading man for a massive no no million dollar special. I now I say I say it's got Matthew Broderick in it. There's one thing it's not got in it: Godzilla. Okay. I I, I don't. I don't know what this thing is that they put in as as the the, the creature that uh, invades New York, but uh, it ain't Godzilla. Well, I think isn't even in canon. It's not Godzilla because if I remember right, I think it's Godzilla: Final Wars, which is what I think the final of the Millennium films. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. the American Godzilla turns up in that and gets killed very easily by gets, the gets Godzilla. his ass kicked by the yeah, real Godzilla yeah yeah um, in fact don't, I, I think I think I read uh, Toho Toho have redubbed that character as um, they, they they call that character Zilla yeah and, and they say it's because it's Godzilla with all of the God taken out of it okay <laughs> fair enough they, they, they weren't they weren't shy on sharing their opinion Toho though were they on this one because it didn't take them long to crank out another one. Yeah, along with the rest of the world. Oh well, yeah, um, it's yeah. It, it, the, the design of it is definitely more T Rex inspired. It's more Jurassic Park inspired than it is Godzilla inspired. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, it's, it's got a good cast on paper. Broderick. It's got Jean Reno. It's got yeah. uh, Hank Azaria in it. Um, Harry Shearer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but. Uh, it's also got uh, Maria Pitillo in the female lead. Now, I don't want to sort of cast any aspersions there, but she is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I must admit, I don't remember her being any worse <laughs> than anyone else in this movie. You know? no, fair enough. Fair enough. I, not, I I thought she stood out as particularly bad, but uh, I'm not sure Roland Emmerich was had his his attention fully on the actors' performances through the making of that film. <laughs> I think he was probably more thinking about other uh, certain special effects considerations and things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, hadn't um, in 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 the build up to the film, while while TriStar was sort of putting it all together, hadn't Yandy Bond been mentioned as a as a possible director? Yeah, that's and, right. And how 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 do we think that might have gone? If it was the same script, <laughs> the same design, <laughs> then you know, Orson Welles could have directed it, and it wouldn't have been Citizen Kane too. You know what I mean? It's, it was still so going to be the same. It. We're not just putting it all down to Roland Emmerich. No, oh, absolutely not. No, I think I think that, I think. For me, the biggest problem with it is it kind of misses the fun of a Godzilla movie. Yeah, I think by this point in the history of Godzilla, and in some ways, the last two American Godzilla movies that were made, they they they're the same. We've got to the point in the history of, of the world's awareness of Godzilla where we know we know there's a serious film there, but no one really wants to watch the serious film anymore. People want to watch the the the, the fighting monsters film. And the yeah. fun, the fun Godzilla yeah. movie. I've, I've, I've been, I've been watching this week. Coincidentally, in between rewatching some of the Godzilla films, I've been watching the recent uh, Criterion Bruce Lee box set, and it's fascinated me that um, Bruce Lee films are structured in the same way as Godzilla films, mm-hmm. in that you, you, you sort of get. Um, plot for 20 minutes and then a fight scene and then plot for 20 minutes and then a slightly bigger fight scene. And then right at the end, it's it's the big fight and, and Bruce or Godzilla get to really show their stuff. And um, it's, it's been absolutely fascinating watching those films in tandem and seeing how, how much the structures sort of mirror one another. 
and 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 it is it is that fun element, as you say, Adam. It is it is partly it's it's having that familiarity of knowing how the plot's sort of going to unfold, and partly just isn't it great to watch guys in rubber suits or or amazingly well created and well designed uh, sort of computerized monsters sort of duking it out on screen or treading on buildings, you know. And, and I think what I mean, I think with Emmerich and Devlin coming off Independence Day, I think it was soon found out that their the casting of that movie of Independence Day was spot on. Yeah. It actually yeah. it elevated the plot, it elevated the film. So you had the sort of like characters that the audiences like spending time with. You know, your Will Smith characters, Jeff Goldblum characters. You had those characters, even even the, the prime minister, even the, the president in, in in Independence Day. You, you like spending time with those characters. Whereas you watch Godzilla, and it's like I don't want to spend time with these characters. I just want to watch Godzilla blow things up, and and it just never really got that. It needed the injection of a of a charismatic yeah. uh, leading man or leading lady that would elevate the 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 the, the mundane plot elements. Right, and Emmerich's carried on making this type of film and uh, and, and has never captured that magic of Independence Day ever again. So Godzilla wasn't even a one-off in that sense. No, it started the trend, I think. Um, (laughs) And amazingly, didn't didn't finish his career, but... uh, No, I mean, well, no, it didn't, but there you go. What can you do? What do you need to do to, to, to lose a career in now after making something like Godzilla? Yeah, yeah. But... The silver lining on that massive storm cloud was that Toho Studios carried on and got their finger out and started making more films. So they didn't mess around. 1999, the next movie by Toho came out the following year. Um, so we're, we're now we're now into a new era as well. These these are called the uh, millennium. The millennium era. That's right. Yeah, and uh, it, it, it established Godzilla back back where he belongs. It, it yeah. literally said, "This is how you do Godzilla, guys." And um, while it wasn't anything. Um, super innovative it, it re-established Godzilla back on the big screen I think it wasn't just that Godzilla was a big disappointment it's that it was worldwide a big disappointment that it's kind of it was like articles were written about the failure of this film and it was kind of a talking point about how badly they had messed up Godzilla and I think that Tohu clearly thought well we can we've got we've got 30 years experience not showing making Godzilla films we can show them what they should have done and we could do it five or ten percent of the cost, and uh, we'll show show you that. I guess a bit of national pride there as well, showing that Godzilla is a Japanese icon, and only the Japanese can get him right. Maybe, yeah, and, and maybe also like a fear of the of 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 the stink lingering <laughs> on on the Godzilla names to some extent, because like it was such a big flop. That it, it, you could have started saying, well, it's obviously just it's Godzilla as well. It's not just the the treatment of it. It's Godzilla as well. It's the the characters outdated. Blah blah blah. You know, you could you could start to that if left to foster, that could become a part of an argument. But they didn't let it foster. They came out with a strong movie straight away and rebooted it. So they they this movie acts as a as a sequel to the original, doesn't it? In, in in that it, it, it takes takes out all the other films and reboots it again with the only only the 1954 movie being canon i guess in and if you can call anything canon in the godzilla in the godzilla franchise um so it's the recent halloween of godzilla film. yeah 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 so it's interesting it's that it, it, it reestablishes it and then they they go on a run of another four or five movies here 
um, in the early 2000s that uh, are fairly standalone. They, you don't need to watch them, they're not sequelized, they're just another Godzilla adventure. Um, culminating with Godzilla Final Wars, which was the 50th anniversary film of Godzilla, um, which is a riot, um, a real fun jump. I think he fights every single monster so he's that's, ever fought. That's, that's, that's the film that you wanted when you saw the title Destroy All Monsters in 1969. Yeah. yeah. They finally did it. Um, I, I, I'm quite amused by this. He, fight, he fights literally every other, every monster that he's ever faced comes back for a second bout or indeed in some ways a 50th bout. But also one of the criticisms of this movie is there's too much time spent with the humans. That's literally one of the criticisms on this movie where he, where he fights like everybody, you know, um, including Zilla, uh, as we've said. I mean, it, it was a hot film because the director was coming off... Um, a big worldwide hit with verses, wasn't it? It was the um, Rahu Kitamura. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess yeah. Verses was a part of that, that kind of the Asia Extreme thing that was happening around the turn of the millennium. And he had he worked in the West by that point. I can't remember because he has he, he made um, Midnight Meat Train and one or two other films in the West. yeah I think, I think he went on to those sort of just just after um, all, i think almost immediately after final wars i think yeah and i may I, be wrong on that but i think so and uh yeah so i guess the this case of giving he, i guess he was a name and that genre film fans were watching at that point after versus hmm. so they gave him kind of the keys to the kingdom said go have fun I guess. Yeah. Well, of course, uh, uh, you know the, the the young the young directors who were working on 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 this new Godzilla era had all, had all grown up as as kids. They they watched the Honda films, you know. And uh, I think you you get this in American cinema and in Western cinema where everybody who worked on Jurassic Park and everybody that has worked on every big sort of blockbuster movie says, oh, yeah, we grew up watching Ray Harryhausen. Ray Harryhausen's our god, you know. And these guys in Japan, it, they, they were saying the same about Honda and Suburaya. Yeah. And, and, and I, th- I think that shows in the films as well. Although they're using the, the most up-to-date technology and using it really well and to great effect, I think they've, the, it's important to them to keep some of the spirit of the, uh, the inner hero on the films. So. Now, some of the plots for these are pretty out there. It's like they're going through loops to make them interesting when ultimately what we want to see is monsters fighting each other and buildings being blown up. Uh, uh-huh. Is that not a? I'm sure the directors would rather have 90 minutes of that as well, but their budgets mean they do need a sure. people in rooms to use up some of the runtime. Uh, and it's and this this little run has arguably the longest title: um, Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah: Giant Monsters All Out Attack uh, from 2001. That's uh, that's that's a mouthful. Um, so we'd already had a big team up of those, um, and again, again, similar to the the nineties reboots, they bring back, they bring back the, the the big guys. You know, they bring back King Ghidorah and Mothra, uh, they bring back Mechagodzilla, uh, and then obviously in Godzilla Final Wars, they they bring back the whole <laughs> the whole show, don't they? With like um, all of them, <laughs> it's tried, tried and tested, really, which makes makes me wonder: did did Biolante, um which which we've said Biolante was a really fascinating, interesting new monster in 89. 
was that an experiment that didn't quite work? Because ever since then, they've always tried to sort of um, bring back the, the original 60s creatures. Yeah, possibly. And they're still been, doing it. They're still doing it. Now. Yeah, there's not been a, there's not been a new. I mean, there has been new new um, monsters in created, but like in the, nothing yeah. nothing that's ever caught on. There's been no new Rodan or no well, nothing new that yeah. nothing that's been in the title either. I mean, a lot of the ones that they introduced, they were, they were like versions of Godzilla. So you've had you had like obviously you had Mechagodzilla in the seventies, but you had you had um, uh, Godzilla Saurus in King, Godzilla versus King God. King Ghidorah, ninety one. You had um, Space Godzilla, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, which was in the title. But again, it's, it's just another version of Godzilla. Yeah. You well, had the, Destroyer. The, the Destroyer made it to the title. Yeah, yeah. mid nineties, ninety five. Who, who's yeah. a, who's who's a great new monster, but again, didn't didn't really sort of catch on. So uh... yeah, and you had Megagirus in two thousand. Yeah, um, which again was introduced, but I don't think really. Landed, landed. It's a flying creature. Um, gag, gag for those who know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so it, obviously they they and again that's that's I guess that's a trend of cinema, especially when you're dealing with franchises. You tend to go back to things that were popular previously and reboot them for a new generation. That seems to be what they've been involved with in the last thirty years, forty years, fifty years even since since the seventies. Um, bringing back the monsters. So that came to an end in 2004, and then we didn't get another Toho Godzilla movie for another 12 years. Yeah. Now, can I just step in there, Adam? Because um, uh, there's a little extra to, to add in. Um, uh, you've been saying there have been 36 Godzilla movies. I'm, I'm going to throw in a 37th here. Um, Go for it. Two, 2007, there was a, 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 a hit a Japanese film called... Uh, Sunset on Third Street. I don't know if you've seen it, Pete. Um, no. Um, it's a it's a sort of family drama set in the mid fifties, and um, and it's all about a sort of lower working class family sort of struggling along uh, to try and make ends meet in uh, mid fifties Japan. And it was quite a hit in in Japan. And um, there was a sequel to it in two thousand and seven called Always. And um, that started with a dream sequence in which Godzilla invades 1959 Tokyo. Um, so you've got this little mini sort of five or ten minute Godzilla film at the start of this film called Always Sunset on Third Street Part Two. So, so uh, I'm not re- having it now. That's not that's not canon. <laughs> were they um, well, apparently, apparently Toho, well, Toho made um, the uh, Sunset on Third Street films. And they have said that it's the real Godzilla in a real Godzilla movie. So, but it was a you, dream. Well, it, it, it is a, a dream, dream. but to, but to, Toho, Toho do regard it as a a Godzilla movie of sorts. So, so was it reusing footage, or was it they actually went? No, out it's, it's brand, a brand new sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I've, I've never checked this. I guess you could probably watch the the five minutes on YouTube, you know, but. Uh, if you don't want to sit through the whole film's two and a half hours long, so uh, and apparently very good. I've not seen it, but apparently it's very very good. But it's a family drama with five minutes of Godzilla stamping on things at the start. So, so I'm, I'm assuming that that will have been the last time a man got in a suit for Godzilla, because when he came back in 2016, it was a computer generated Godzilla, wasn't it? Yeah. For Shin Godzilla. I don't know, unless they did a motion capture or something. 
Possibly, but it's not the same. It's not a man in suit, though, is it? Yeah. <laughs> they probably did do some motion capture, but it was it was um, it was yeah, it wasn't. It was the first first Godzilla film not to feature a man in a suit, Shin Godzilla. It is an excellent film. It is an excellent film. You're right. Yeah, but yeah, prior I... but prior to that, you know, obviously we 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 had 2004 Final Wars, and then we didn't have anything until uh, 2014 when Gareth Edwards did his. Uh, the American remake for Legendary Studios, which has kick-started the Americanized monsterverse that we've um, had over the last few years with with um, Kong Skull Island and Godzilla King of Monsters. And then in a few weeks' time from when we record here, um, Godzilla versus King Kong. Well, the, the, the thing about those is, it, as, as, as we've already said in, in, in today's recording, you know, with... The the Godzilla films have been a little bit lukewarm. The two Godzilla movies, and, and especially the last one, the 2017 one, I, I really didn't like much at all. And yet, as me and you said on the Kong podcast, Adam, Skull Island is probably the second best Kong movie ever made. So um, so we're going into this, the, the new film, with I'm, or I am, with... with I, I just don't know what to expect because we've we've got these two sort of um, separate branches of the franchise that are coming together, and one of them's not been very good, and one of them's been terrific. So uh, um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when Godzilla meets Kong. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've been disappointed with the two Godzilla films um, in the MonsterVerse, and uh, again, a, a lot of that is down to the problems that that have, have have been part of the Japanese movies ever ever since. Well, certainly going back to the sixties, that there's just too much human activity, too much talk, not enough monster, and you also get the sense that uh, they thought they were doing something new with the with the 2014 Godzilla. That they thought they oh we're 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 setting this in a sort of recognisable real sort of world. We're showing how real people would react if 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 Godzilla sort of invaded. It, it it just didn't it didn't feel very fresh to me and it didn't it didn't really sort of give me the Godzilla action that I wanted. No, for me it was I mean obviously Gareth Edwards had done monsters prior to this, which got him this gig, and his trick in monsters was to sort of like show the aftermath of what happened when the monsters come up. So it yeah, creates yeah, that yeah. awe and that sense of scale, and then when and then finally show the monsters and. Put all your budget onto that towards the end, which worked great for a low budget movie. For the Godzilla movie, it just felt like, why are you hiding him? Why are you hiding him? You know, you literally like every yeah. opportunity. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's destroying downtown San Francisco, and you're like in somebody's apartment, and they switch the telly off. It's like, what's going on? What 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 is going on? Um, it, yeah, it really frustrated me. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't think it was that terrible. It was bad. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as the '90s one, and it wasn't as bad as the 2019 Godzilla King of Monsters one. Um, in that, you had at least two characters that you were interested in watching, with Juliette Binoche and Brian Cranston, both whom spoilers um, die fairly early on, and then you're left with <laughs> the charisma void that is Aaron Taylor Johnson in this movie. Yeah. He's yeah, my memory of it is it being far too interested in family relationships when there's a monster stomping around outside, and it's kind of just. This is very much a tapping your foot in the cinema, kind of trying not to look at your watch film. Yeah. 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 And then King of Monsters. Whew. Whoa. Well, that's, that's, um, 
Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, I, there's, there's, for a film that features so many fight sequences, because there's like, literally there's loads, there's loads in this one. If you think the director compared his movie to Gareth Edwards' movie and said, like, Gareth Edwards did Alien, I'm doing Aliens. So it'll be like, you've introduced it, got the seriousness, and now we're going to have fun. And it's like, there's no fun to be had in this movie. There really isn't. And and you have you have King Ghidorah fighting Rodan, you have King Ghidorah fighting Mothra, you have King Ghidorah fighting all of them, you know. It, it becomes, it, it's a proper monster fest. It, for anyone who argues that, all you need to make a good Godzilla movie is, is have a bunch of big fights. Um, this is a movie that you watch to prove them wrong. There is more to a Godzilla movie than just having giant monsters fight. Yeah, I, I think I think we'd seen that in American cinema of the 2010s already, because um, uh, the the kaiju influence had started filtering through to American cinema by then. As I, as we've already said, you had Mecha Godzilla doing a little cameo in in the Spielberg movie, but the the, the big influence was on the uh, Pacific Rim films. Yeah. Yeah. And they are again what you've just described, Adam. They're they're sort of lots and lots and lots and lots of fights, but but to to no real great effect, you know. I I, I think the, the the one kaiju style film that I I love um, of recent years was uh, Rampage, which um, uh, I I just thought captured the spirit of of what a, what a classic Godzilla film is. Um, video game that is also very lightly lifting Godzilla elements. Yeah. 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 And the, I guess, and there was, yeah, Rampage is fun just because you know, it's, it's, great. it's monsters fighting, it's monsters crashing into buildings, it's monsters treading on buildings. And, and some, some of the, some of the monster characters even have, you know, sort of very overt sort of uh, Japanese kaiju sort of influence as well. Um, uh, there's one character that's very much like uh, Giaus uh, from the, one of the uh, Gamera films. So uh, um, sort of flying fox type thing, you know, and uh, that's sort of echoed by one of the creatures in this. So, uh, so yeah, they're, they, they're, they're wearing their influences on their sleeve, I think. But uh, yeah, Pacific Rim, I think, showed that that showed all the same faults as the last Godzilla movie uh, from, from the States in that, as you say, it was... Um, Lots and lots of fights, all action, but but to you know, at the end of it, to no great effect. Yeah, normally I'm not a fan of. I'm, I'm not a guy who who sits there and thinks, no, don't cast that person in this movie. Don't you know you want to cast a big mega star? But I always feel like in these movies, you cast they cast amazing actors in these movies. This 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 King Monster's got Sally Hawkins in there. You've got a good range of acting talent in this movie, and I almost feel like. I don't want those people in this movie because nothing, no matter how good Sally Hawkins is in this, she's not going to be able to raise it above <laughs> above what it is. So but, oh, you almost need, you almost need like a Tom Cruise in there. You almost need like a Will Smith in there. Somebody whose star power is arguably as big as Godzilla's. Yeah, the, you know? the, the disaster movies of the 70s, which I suppose are the nearest American cinema got to the sort of destruction aspect of Godzilla, did that. They... They, in fact, they went to town with it. Not only did they have a Tom Cruise or a, a, an equivalent of him in there, you know, Robert Redford or someone, they had half a dozen big stars in. The star power was the big thing. There. Isn't it a case of their cast? If, if you go and get Will Smith or Tom Cruise, then that's 20 minutes of your film gone in terms of CGI budget. And I guess, I guess so, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I guess, but I, I, I think it's worthwhile. I think it's worthwhile. I mean, with it, with King of Monsters, for instance, it's about 80 characters in it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You've got so many characters. Chop half of those in there, chuck them into the Tom Cruise budget, and you're all right. You know, you're moving on. You know, it's not a problem. But it, it, there's just so many characters in this movie that I don't care about any of them. Um, you've got Millie Bobby Brown, who's a great, great actress, and and is absolutely wasted in this movie. Yeah. She doesn't do anything, and then then apparently we're supposed to care towards the end of the movie, and it's just it's just oh, just 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 so bad, so bad. Sorry, see, I watched it again last night. So it's so fresh in my head, so um, I apologize for for being so down on it. But all that said, I am immensely looking forward to Godzilla versus Kong. I think the trailer nailed that perfectly, and and fingers crossed that's got the fun element that we're all looking for. Now we've we've been we've been there with good trailers before. Don't forget nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It does seem to have hit a nerve. Into I don't know if it's because people have been locked up for a year and haven't been out to see a big spectacle movie as well. But anticipation for this film seems way off the charts compared to the films the recent. Like Godzilla films, so I think saying people it do, it appears to be delivering what people want, which is just monsters hitting each other with minimal human uh, complications. Which I think people are ready for that at the moment. But whether it delivers that or not, we'll see. Do Do you think that Do you think that there's a, a magic in in bringing Kong and Godzilla together? As as we we well, I mean we, as we know, it happened in 1962, but. Uh, um, a lot of the modern audience might not be aware of that, you know, and uh, um, uh, and these these names have still got that sort of they've got that sort of star power, um, which which mean I, th- I think in this movie you almost don't need a, 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 a mega star cast. Um, you've, you've got the stars there. You've got this idea of Godzilla versus Kong, and I think that could be enough to carry this. Yeah, I agree. I think I think this is. Um... I, in fact, I don't even know who's in it, other than Godzilla and King Kong. I'm just sitting there thinking, like, who, who is the star? Of yeah, it? I'm assuming st- starring Godzilla as himself. Yeah, I literally, I, I literally cannot remember who's in this movie. I'm assuming that Millie Bobby Brown returns in, in this one, but I, 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 I literally can't remember. So. Skull Island turning up in it as well. I don't. Well, well the seventies. That was set, it was set in the seventies, wasn't it? The Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Yeah. So. In the in the timeline, anybody that was in that first movie needs to be like fifty years older. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not sure, really. I, I don't think there's anybody from those movies turning up. Um, but it's yeah, but it, but it literally goes to show that I I don't really care. <laughs> I think those two names are big enough to carry the movie. That is reflected in the trailers as well because the trailers are not. They don't care either. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've had a quick look at the cast, and Millie Bobby Brown is in it. Right. Uh, we, we you've got you know decent names, but they're all they're all they are all sort of second stringers really. You've got people like Alexander Skarsgård, Rebecca Hall in it, um, uh, Eliza Gonzalez, Kyle Chandler. So they're they're sort of known known quantities, but uh, they're not nameable for titles. No, not at all. Not yeah. they're, they're they're not they're not even a, a John Goodman or a Samuel L. Jackson, you know, are they? So uh, even even the makers themselves. 
they know that Godzilla and King Kong are their stars, you know, and they're the, they're the names above the title. What do we think about Adam Wingard as, as director? Because he's never done anything on this sort of scale before. But again, I think I think he's he's the kind of guy that will have grown up watching Godzilla. His movies are always fun. Yeah, yeah. And that's and I'm hoping that's what's going to be brought to the table with this because, you know... You, I, I can see that. You can bring special effects directors in to direct the, the big action sequences and action directors. And so he's looking at the overall structure of the film and then the acting. So, you know, I think I'm, I'm tentatively hopeful. Um, that said, Michael Doherty, who directed Godzilla King of Monsters, had a similar track record, you know, yeah. for making fun movies and stuff. And it was like, oh. Are they going to get crushed? Like indie directors making their first massive budget Hollywood film, you never know if the machine's going to grind them down. And and the, well, it's as perhaps happened to Gareth Edwards on the his Godzilla. It's kind of yeah. the demands of the studio, kind of overpowering their the things that made them interesting to get the job in the first place. Yeah, the information I've read on this, if this is right, the film's got almost a three-hour running time as well. Now that 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 is a thing that's that worrying. Bode well. That, no, that's that is worrying. That is worrying. Um, it says if 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 you know these things aren't always correct online, but it says one hundred and seventy-two minutes. Is that is that possibly not because they know in the current situation, ninety percent of people are going to be watching this on a streaming service where you can just. Pause it yeah, you, you can watch it episodically. He, he, may have, yeah, yeah. he may have been editing this time last year and thought, well, I, might, I, I guess a, a two hours, ten minutes isn't so important anymore. Could could be. Could yeah. be. I mean, it, 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 is, it is a sort of modern way of making movies. Even with something like The Irishman, the Scorsese film, you know, that's, that's made, A, to sort of placate the director and him wanting to make a long movie, but B... The streaming service and the company that that are, are sort of funding it all know that it'll appeal to their audience because they can watch it in bits and pieces. And yeah, that may well be the same with with something like this. Oh, see, I'm, I'm less I'm less optimistic now. <laughs> <laughs> I was really looking forward to that. It's like, oh, yeah, me too, in a way. But a a I could be wrong on the running time, or or the internet could be, and and b. Who knows? They, they might just pull it off. Okay, well, just one more part of Godzilla's history that we missed out on, which I'm surprised at, Daryl. And frankly, I'm stunned. But uh, the connection of Luigi Cozzi in the Godzilla history. I've, I've, <laughs> I've, got, I've got that written down on my iPad, actually. The, 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 the Godzilla, yeah, yeah. Godzilla, yeah, exactly. Lu, Lu, Luigi Cozzi, uh, one of everyone's favourite uh, Italian exploitation film directors, director of films like Star Crash and so on. In the late 70s, um, he got the chance to re-release the original Godzilla in Italy, and he did it in what became known as the Godzilla version. And he basically sort of recut the movie. Um, I think, did he film new special effects scenes, I think, for it? Yeah. And, and, and sort of colorized it all or tinted it all and re-released it to Italian cinemas. And um, so, yeah, there's, there's this little extra little anomaly in, in the history of Godzilla um, sort of just after the Showa era. And um, yeah, so there's there's one for, for Godzilla completists. If you've not seen the, the Godzilla version, 
of, uh, of the original Godzilla. Um, if, if you thought that Raymond Burr as Steve Martin, uh, ace reporter, was a sort of travesty of the original, try this one. I'm, I'm intrigued to see it. It's super rare to see because it's not. It's, it's, it's back in the, the 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 print of it. It's back in the Toho archive, and it's never been released on DVD, yeah. as far as I'm aware. So I, I'm guessing that there are sort of memes to see the ways of seeing it on on the internet. If even you probably have to trawl the dark web to see it, but well, we sure we, we don't condone any of that. Me not. Me not. Patiently wait for that mega box set that comes out. You know. Yeah. Are we going to say any more about Shin Godzilla? Because I think that's worth. Yes. It. Let's 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 go before we move. Yeah, on, we, yeah. We, we we sort of, we sort of overlooked that a bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, sorry. So yes. Yeah. So, so Shin Godzilla, which is um, Toho's uh, return to the Godzilla franchise in 2016, um, with a much more horror leaning uh, movie than they've previously done in any of their incarnations um, up to that point. Um, again, we've talked about how it was the first one without the man in the suit, but um, a really fascinating movie in many ways. Earlier, Adam, you said the Godzilla films have never quite got the human element right. Mm. I think this is the first one where it has, because it is basically a two-hour drama about a national crisis and the government's failure to act correctly in response, which are... I don't know why that would resonate yeah, yeah. with audiences right now. Yeah. <laughs> the crisis is Godzilla isn't really the main focus of the film. It's, it's, it's kind of what Gareth Edwards tried in that sense, and he got it wrong, and they've got it right. Yeah, and I guess in the Japanese, you can say that it's not really, the, you're not really invested in the individual stories of the characters, but you do become invested in kind of this, they are kind of interchangeable bureaucrats totally failing to deal with this crisis, and it does become... It is the only Godzilla film to ever win Best Film at the Japanese Oscars as well. The equivalent of... If Skull Island had won Best Film at the Oscars, there would be outrage. But um, Shin Godzilla can win at the Japanese Oscars and everyone thinks, actually, yeah, fair enough, that that was a great film. So, yeah, I'd encourage people to seek out Shin Godzilla, even if Men in Suits doesn't immediately jump out at you. Well, there's kind of a reason why that they don't do the Men in Suits in many ways, because of the plot, because the creature... Uh, as we will call Godzilla for most of the movies, a creature um, is evolving before our very eyes on screen, uh, which I thought was a fascinating look at, a fascinating take on the Godzilla character. Now, it was like evolving in various different stages, and with each stage, the, the threat became more and more. You know, that works really well. I think it's uh, it's a great take on an already sort of legendary character. It must have been quite scary for the, the the script writers and the effects people to sort of develop that and think this 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 could go so wrong you know um and yeah. yet they, they pull it off it's, a, it's interesting directors as well because it's two directors on it one is i think his name is shinji higuchi who has kind of got has a special effects background and kind of grew up watching godzilla and started making his own Doing, doing special effects and putting together men in suit stuff. But the other one is a guy called Hideako Anno, who actually has a background in anime. They did a series called Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is kind of beloved of many anime fans from about 20 years ago. And it, uh, I think he's bringing the human interest stuff to it and the satire, and it, the two mesh really well. And uh, Well, yeah. d- didn't the Shinji Higuchi also do the Gamera reboots in the 90s? 
I think he works on the special effects on those. I'm not sure he directed them. Oh, no, I mean, I, I, yes, I, I, meant, I meant the special yeah. effects side. So he's obviously got a track record of dealing with giant giant monsters. <laughs> and, and, and rebooting monsters. And rebooting well. monsters, yeah. 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 So like that, this 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 kickstarted the Raiwa Raiwa era of uh, Godzilla movies, which has been a bit uh, of an odd period because we've got this one Godzilla movie, Shin Godzilla. We've yet to get another live action movie, which is surprising considering, like you say, it had such worldwide acclaim, Oscars, um, um, Japanese um, awards, and but we've not had a sequel to that. But we have had three anime movies that have been made between 2017 and 2018. Well, I I wonder, like we said earlier, that there wasn't any uh, Godzilla Japanese Godzilla films in the run up to the '90s US film. Whether there was some kind of uh, deal done where they wouldn't follow up Shin Godzilla for so long, and then doing animes on Netflix is maybe the loophole that the uh, contract didn't cover, or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I mean, Shin Godzilla was made in between. I mean, it was made two years after Godzilla, and yeah, I don't know, but I don't know. Maybe they. That no one's come up with a, a story to that they're worried that that it's not going to match Shin Godzilla within ten fifteen years. There'll be another one from. Yeah. Well, I, I I wonder if we're in with 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 Godzilla versus Kong coming out. You know, even though it may it may be great and it may be a big success, might might we sort of be in back in Roland Emmerich territory in one way, in in that that is the catalyst that sort of kickstarts things um, in Japan. Well, it could work either way. If if Godzilla versus Kong is is as great as we're hoping, you know, that that might give the Japanese the boost to want to make another Godzilla film themselves. Or if it's a disaster, as the Emmerich film was, they can steam in and steal all the glory by making a new film. So I think either way, this this new Western movie could well be something that sort of helps those of us that want to see a new Japanese uh, version of the creature. It's it's fascinating one. Normally when you get Hollywood movies made, they've already announced the next two or three movies and a shared universe spin-off. Whereas this Godzilla versus King Kong, there's nothing slated afterwards. There's nothing like, oh, and then they're going to move on to do this and do that. And it's, it's just a straight, they've announced a, a Kong cartoon series, I think. But apart from that, they've not announced any other follow-ups. So it does feel like maybe that, that this is the final one. And then it'll take a little break, maybe, um, before what somebody it, else comes back and reboots yeah, Won't it be, uh, end up being similar to the Spider-Man thing, where there was the new Spider-Man every few years? Because if there wasn't, the rights would revert. Toho <laughs> are going to be charging a lot more for the guide to Godzilla if they get those rights back. So yeah, Possibly. So if you make a new Godzilla film every five years to keep the rights, it's cheaper than then having to rebuy the rights if Toho regain them. That was, I've no evidence to back that up, but that's just a suspicion. So you're, so you're expecting Godzilla versus Kong to be like a Ro- Roger Corman's Fantastic Four, a, a, a rights grab? Well, it's a cake and eat it thing, isn't it? They want to make a billion dollars from the film, but they also don't want to lose the rights. And and you could sort of do that because right right from right from the start, or I suppose right right from Gigantis the Fire Monster or Godzilla Raids again in 1955, there's been absolutely no continuity or very little continuity yeah. uh, through throughout the eras. So Godzilla as as an entity as a character seems to be something that can be lifted and, and put into any film into any situation. 
Whereas when when you're watching the Spider-Man movies, it 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 really sort of does get a bit annoying. It does rankle a little bit because uh, you you you're sort of you 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 you're lost. You're floundering, wondering who this character is, why a new actor's playing him. And with Godzilla, I, I I think they can get away with that a little better. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think uh, as as you say, there's no there's very little continuity. Uh, there seems to there seems to be more reboots in this franchise than there are actual sequels. Well, um, when Daryl says um, you can put Godzilla to any film, that's got my mind whirring immediately. To <laughs> Godzilla in a prejudice than kaiju. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, a Mike Lee drama or something. Yeah, I'm I'm there. Yeah, one, one ticket, please. <laughs> Cool. Again, I want to thank uh, BFI and Quad for supporting this podcast. And we will see you in another couple of weeks. Okay, take care, everyone. Hopefully by then, uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong will be out. And you can let us know your thoughts on our Facebook page. Okay, take care, everyone. Bye.